uh, for the next about 30 minutes or so, maybe 20, maybe 40, depending on uh, our time, how elastic it is. Uh, I'll be giving a recap from this day. And then tomorrow, we'll be going through a similar format, but with Pastor Chester Clark on the white raiment. Uh, before we start, I'd like to ask that you bow your heads and um, we'll get started for this recap part. This is the, the, the official conclusion of this the seminar portion of, of this day. So if you can bow your heads, please, let's pray together. Gracious Father, we're experimenting with the format and we thank you for your goodness. And we thank you that you have been in the midst of us, speaking to us and using small groups. Father, Lord, uh, we ask as we focus and concentrate for the next 30 minutes or so, we ask once again for your Holy Spirit to speak to us in a way that you've never spoken to us before. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, please open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 through 22, where we see the message to Laodicea. I want to give you five points on this gold that we've talked about, this uh, faith in verse, uh, let's see, verse 18, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire. That this, this book of Revelation gets all of its cues from the rest of the Old Testament and rest of the Bible. There's some things that, uh, that friends have. We have these inside jokes, yes? Uh, I am good friends with Sebastian Braxton, who will be preaching later on today. And well, I remember when he first took me to a Middle Eastern restaurant. And there was, I forgot what we ate, a falafel probably or something, some kind of, you know, wrap. And there was hummus on the side. You all like hummus? Yes? Yeah, okay, awesome. Hummus. And then there was this red spice on top. And me, this was about, what, 20, 25 years ago, and I don't know, I didn't know what this red spice was. Hey, Sebastian, hey, friend, who is introducing me to this new cuisine, what is this red spice? And he looked over, and with all seriousness and with all scholarly dignity, oh, that is a red spice. And he did not realize the obviousness of that answer. And he was convincing me that that was, the, that was the real name. It was Red Spice. I'm like, okay, well, thanks, Sherlock. Uh, I realize that is uh, Red Spice. What is it? And, you, we, we, and it's paprika. Yes, you all know paprika? Amen? On top of your, your, your hummus and your, your, your baba ganoush. So as friends, we have this inside joke. And you have this too. You should have this with your, your inside group. You understand? And so next time, from, from the next 25 or whatever years that we've been friends, every time we go out to eat, whether there's red spice or not, we, I just say the word, red spice. And he busts out laughing, and those who know the inside joke know the inside joke. Does this make sense? Right? Now, you have this too, right? And then when, you're, when you get together and be like, oh, yeah, banana! <laughs> and, and everyone else who's not part of the insider like, what are you talking about, banana? What is this red spice? You guys are weird. You're not in it. Does that make sense? Revelation does the same exact thing. Revelation will take all these motifs from the Old and the rest of the New Testament. So Revelation, in a sense, is the pinnacle book to understand. It is the, the ultimate book that Seventh-day Adventists should understand, especially in these last times. But in order to understand the book of Revelation, you need to understand Genesis to Jude. Does that make sense? Which is basically the entire Bible. Yes, very good. 
So here, when we see that Jesus is saying, buy of me, verse 18, I advise you, and you can do that with every verse of Revelation. It's taking red spice, it's taking bananas, it's taking French fries from all over the, the Old Testament. Later on in chapter 18, there is frogs. You cannot impose meaning into the frogs. We've got to find where frogs are described in the Old Testament. Anyway, in verse 18, I advise you to buy from me gold. This takes its cue from Isaiah 55. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We're not going to reference it. We're not going to read it. But it gets it from Isaiah 55 where the Lord says, Come, buy of me. And buy that which you cannot buy with money or with... And, 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 it's, and, and the, uh, Isaiah is criticizing uh, Israel like, Hey, why are you buying things that, 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 that money cannot buy? And, and, and it goes into his prophetic element there. The whole point is this. Jesus tells us that we need to buy faith and love. And we'll see the other quotes here. The whole point of why we need to buy this from the Lord Jesus is we have to acknowledge we have no faith or no love to begin with. Does that settle in? Laodicea, to a certain degree, thinks they have enough merit, enough love, enough faith, so they don't need to buy. They don't have to have a transactional uh, uh, interaction with the Lord Jesus because they think, I'm good. I've got enough faith. I've got enough love. We need to get to a point where we see this backdrop. When I first saw this backdrop, I thought, this is really weird. It's very science fiction-y. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a black hole. What is this a picture of? Nothing. And last night's message, the heart is desperately wicked. Where every individual, not as a corporate entity, we need to come to a point where each one of us says, the goodness in my heart looks like that black hole. I have no faith. I have no love. And because I am in a state of nothing, I must go to the source who has that. Now, intellectually, theoretically, theologically, you may be all aware of this, but this needs to come out in the practical spiritual life as affected in the holiness and, the, and, and, and sanctified, sanctified living that we have. Jesus says, buy of me. Get it from Jesus Christ himself. All it takes is you call him up and make the transaction. You send it through, you know, Cash App or Zelle or whatever you want. Get it to the Lord Jesus. And there is no fee to get these things. Number two, uh, the gold tried in the fire is faith that works by love. This is Colossians, and this is the quote that I mentioned in, in the question that you answered this afternoon. Only this can, can bring us into harmony with God. We may be active, we may do much work, but without love, such love as dwelt in the heart of Christ, we can never be numbered with the family of heaven. Now, I've, I've used these terms faith and love. Uh, if we're not careful because of cliche Christianity, we're like, oh, he's talking about faith, he's talking about love, oh, we know this, I got this, I, I've learned that since I was in, in cradle role or beginner or whatever. When you look like a biblical faith, biblical faith is radically different from regular faith. And when I'm talking about faith in, in, in the lowercase f, we can have faith in all sorts of things, right? You can turn on your phone. You have faith in your phone. You have faith that Apple makes good products. Or you have faith that Samsung makes good products. You have faith that you'll wake up in the morning. You have faith that, you know, uh, that when Marvel says we have the next five years of movies planned out, you have faith that Marvel will continue with that plan with the whole, you know, whatever. When Facebook says we're going to change our name, you have faith that they will follow through and expect that. That is not faith. That is an assumption. 
and you go on those, these assumptions. Biblical faith is different. Biblical faith is a capital F, and it banks on God because there is no evidence, the evidence is not seen, but it's merely because God has said it that you believe it. Do you understand? And then because of Disney, because of Marvel, because of Oprah, because of New Age, because of whatever, there is a counterfeit. And I dare say it, we have it in Adventism, and it's the pulpit preaches this, that is faith, the, the, the counterfeit faith is faith in goodness. All you do, have to do is believe. Believe in yourself. Believe in your heart. Believe in others. That's not faith. That's just mumbo-jumbo. Now, that, that, man, that's kind of harsh. Like, that's not biblical faith. Biblical faith is God, you said it. You are the amen. You are the faithful and true witness. You are the creator. You make all things. It is impossible for you to lie. You said it. So you better do it. And demanding that is not arrogance. It's a sign that you believe in the goodness and the power of God's heart. Amen? We need this kind of faith. And for this kind of faith, we need to know we have to have the Bible in our, work, in our minds and, 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 and claim these promises in faith. Now the question is, how do we claim these promises? This uh, gold is refined by fire. It's, 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 it's purified by fire, meaning faith is developed in the midst of suffering. The midst of what? So as Christians, as Adventists, and we hear this prayer all the time, Lord, uh, take all this bad stuff away. I have a test coming up. Lord, help me to not study at all and get an A on it tomorrow. Uh, Lord, help me to, I have this problem with a relationship with my girlfriend or my mother. Lord, I feel really bad. Make the badness go away. These are not uh, Bible promises that you're claiming. These are just fortune cookies that go into the, uh, into the effervescent atmosphere. You take a promise that God has given you, and in most cases, if not in all cases, God does not take away the suffering, but he gives you grace and mercy and supernatural strength so that you grow as an individual to get through the suffering. Does that make sense? Superficial Christianity says, Lord, I got all this bad stuff and protect me from COVID. Lord, even if I get COVID, develop my faith. Make me more a loving person. Even if I get a divorce, even if I fail my test, even if I go bankrupt, even, all these bad things. Now, the Lord in his mercy, he does answer oh, a lot of our prayers. But God does not remove suffering that suffering is often the pretense by which our faith is developed to be pure gold. Can someone say amen? So where are we today, 2021, in the middle of a pandemic? How many of you are waiting for all of this to blow away? I long for the time when, man, I can take a mask off and just breathe and, and hug someone and not be worried about like, dying because I'm, gonna, I'm hugging them and, 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 and transmitting Rather than worrying about that, Lord, in the midst of this fire, develop my faith. Amen. How many of you is that your real prayer? Now, every person you, <laughs> you raise your hand, <laughs> you know what you're praying for. You're praying for more suffering. Do you understand? 
And so the, Ellen White says that the more, uh, the, the, when the Laodicean message is preached, there will be a reaction against the message. It's like, oh, no, 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 I don't want this kind of Christianity. I want the Santa Claus Christianity that, that when I pray something that God's going to answer, da, 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 da. I don't want this. But God is too merciful and too gracious that with eagle eyes, he's watching all of us, and he only gives us that amount that which we can tolerate, and we grow through it. We're depending on God's faith, amen, not our own strength. And the minute you come to the table and says, you know what, the suffering, I think I can handle it, and you grit your teeth, and you go through it, that's the Laodicean condition. And God says, I spit you out of my mouth, not because he's mean, it's because we don't ask him for help that he doesn't intercede on our behalf. Number three, refined and defined. There's some two quotes here. It requires the testing time to reveal the pure gold of love and faith in the character. When trials and perplexities come upon the church, then the steadfast zeal and warm affections of Christ's true followers are developed. That's FLB 119. When after a trying season help comes to you, when the Holy Spirit is manifested uh, manifest at work for you, what a precious experience you gain. You are obtaining faith and love. You are obtaining the gold that the true witness counsels you to buy of him. You are learning to go to God in all your troubles. And as you learn these precious lessons of faith, you will teach the same lesson to others. Thus, you may be continually leading the people to a higher plane of experience. This is the core of Christian experience. Too often we're getting to this, you know, you know, you hum, you sit in the darkness, and you think of all, all these good thoughts, and I'm like, hum, blah, 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 blah. oh man, that was so powerful. That's not powerful. That's weird. That's not real life. As whatever condition you're going through right now, all of us have something going on. And in the midst of your, your suffering, you say, Lord, help me to embrace this suffering. Rather than take it away, develop in me patience for my wife, long-suffering for my children, gentleness towards my enemy, love for that guy that I hate. Don't take away this problem. Make it a, a platform by which you develop Christ's character in me and you claim a promise. I am a new creation and God will create that in you. Number four, transformation. This is where transformation takes place. This is from uh, D.A. 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 is not David Asherick. It's uh, Desire of Ages, 1998. The birth of a son to Zacharias, like the birth of a child of Abraham, and that of Mary, was to teach a great spiritual truth, a truth that we are slow to learn and ready to forget. In ourselves... We are incapable of doing anything, any good thing. But that which we cannot do will be wrought by the power of God in every submissive and believing soul. Let's break it down. Basically, God is saying, get pregnant. What? No, not, not, not literally. Okay, please don't misunderstand me. Get pregnant. How can I do that? I'm barren, Lord. I can't do that. I don't have a husband. I can't do that. I'm a man. Okay? You can't get pregnant. And God says, I'm not talking about literal pregnancy. It is God creates 
something in the midst of nothing, a Christ-likeness. Whereas before, you hated this flower, and every time you saw it, you wanted to kick this flower, you want to drop-click it. But in the midst of buying this faith and love to God, from God, from Lord Jesus, all of a sudden, something supernatural happens, and now you love this flower. Is this making sense? I don't care about this. I'm just using this as, as an object lesson. Is it making sense? Yes or no? There's something that happens, and you, there's nothing there. But the minute you say, no, 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 there is something there, and I'm going to try something, there's a problem there, a big problem. Number five, if there were more faith, simple, trusting faith in Jesus, there will be love, pure love, which is the gold of Christian character. So this, this is the beginning, this is the ending of, of uh, my first presentation. There are five questions that I asked you uh, this afternoon. Uh, this morning. First question was, what was your experience? And you guys all shared with each other, and I'm not going to go over that. Number two, what do you think is the main problem in the church? What is the main problem as identified by Jesus? If these are different, why is there dissonance between the two? I work at the General Conference headquarters, and boy, do we get a lot of complaints up there. Uh, we get a, regardless of, of geography, regardless of age, regardless of language, we get a lot of complaints. And, then, hey, and everyone's got their thing. Hey, pastor, if you just do this, if the general conference only does this, then all the problems would be saved. If you just do this, if you just do this, what does Sister White have to say? Are you listening carefully? This is Steps to Christ, page 4445. There are those who profess to serve God while they rely upon their own efforts to obey his law, to form a right character and secure salvation. Their hearts are not moved by any deep sense of the love of Christ. You guys understand? There are people who are wanting salvation, they're wanting holiness, but they're not moved by the love of Jesus. But they seek to perform the duties of a Christian life as that which God requires of them in order to gain heaven. Such religion is worth nothing. When Christ dwells in the heart, the soul will be so filled with his love and with the joy of communion with him, it will cleave to him, and in contemplation of him, self will be forgotten. Now, while you're listening to me, open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. And this is the basis for all of our motives as a, as a converted Christian. She continues to say, Love to Christ will be the spring of action. Those who feel the constraining love of God do not ask how little may be given to meet the requirements of God. They do not ask for the lowest standard, but aim at perfect conformity to the will of their Redeemer. With earnest desire, they yield all, manifest an interest proportionate to the value of the object which they seek. A profession of Christ without this deep love is mere talk, dry formality, and heavy drudgery. You know what the sign of conversion is? It's someone who asks, what else more, Lord Jesus? How much more can I do? What can I do better? You know what a sign of, of, uh, of unconversion is? Well, what's wrong with dot, 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 dot? How can I do the most minimum dot, dot, dot? Why do we dot, 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 dot? Now, there is a, a, a genuine, sincere curiosity where people may ask, hey, why do we dot, dot? But you, if you have that attitude, why dot, 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 dot? It's a sign that you know what you need to know, but your heart simply isn't there. And do you all experience, we all experience this. It should be, not be a shock. 
I experienced this. Do you know, <gasps> that should not be a shock. We're all sinners in this room. Amen? A- amen? Is that a revelation? I guess that, uh, anyway, anyway. So all of us, all of us, we need to say, how much more, Lord? And if you can't say it, and if you see the dissonance in your heart, it's like, Lord, I know it, but I don't want to do it. And you know what? I can't change it. So can I buy some gold from you? And you got to change it for me. And you, by faith, you live that out as if he fulfills that promise. Number three, read James 2 and Ephesians 2, faith and works. How are we saved? A classic question. I'm not going to go too much into it. Are we saved by faith? Are we saved by works? Are we saved by faith and works? Are we saved by faith and some works? Are we saved by faith? And then parentheses, and works. How, what is it? We have this debate. The answer is, is Paul right or is James right? And often we battle these two together. They are both right. We are not saved by faith and works. We are saved by faith which works. Yes? So the faith that you believe in, that faith is not in the innate goodness of yourself, and not the innate goodness of, of, the, of nature, and all oh, things are going to be all right, and the hope. No, it's faith in God's word based on the great amen, and the faith one true witness, and, and, and the, 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 or the beginner of, of God's creation. And then you say this, um, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And until you, until you do it, I'm going to live as if you are fulfilling it. And in the process of that, something, I hate this word, but I'm going to use it, magical happens. Magical meaning supernatural. It's, it's not like not Harry Potter magical, but something, it just happens. Amen? Amen? So, uh, this is uh, Faith, Faith Works, uh, page 19. Should faith and works purchase the gift of salvation for anyone, then... The creator is under obligation to the creature. Here is an opportunity for falsehood to be accepted as truth. If any man shall merit salvation by anything he may do, he is in the same position as the Catholic to do penance for his sins. Salvation then is partly of debt, which that may be earned as wages. If man cannot by any of his good works merit salvation, then it must be wholly of grace received by man as a sinner because he receives and believes in Jesus. I'm going to allow you to read the rest of that. Number four, the, the gold tried in the fire is faith that works, that works by love. What is faith that works by love? Describe this experience. Do you have it? Why or why do you not have it? Okay, so we all have these temptations that we have. How do you overcome these temptations? For, for uh, Humor me in this. Everyone close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. Close your eyes, please close your eyes. Close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. No one's going to hit you, I hope. Uh, No one's going to hit you. So do not think of a purple elephant with green wings for the next three seconds, okay? Do not think of it. Okay, try with all your heart. Do not think of a green elephant with pink wings and and a cane in its trunk and a little, like, you know, purple hat. Okay, ready? Don't think of that. Ready? And with yellow wings that are fluttering. Ready? One, two, three. Do not think of it. Don't think of it. One, two, three. Open your eyes. How many of you thought of it? Raise your hands. Classic thing. Here's the thing with sin. 
If I am, uh, if, if, this, if this thing is the entity of sin, and make, every time I see, man, I see this sin, I want to sin. And then they're like, man, I go to GYC, I shouldn't do this. This is really, really bad. So I am not going to do this. I am not going to do this. By focusing on this, what do you end up doing? You end up doing more of this, yes or no? Now, whatever this is, that's your, your business. I don't want to know that, okay? I'm not a Roman Catholic priest. So this is you and between you and God. Our focal point is not this, yes? Whether it's dietary, whether it's emotion, whether it's, you know, online habits, whatever, whatever, it's not this. Your focal point is not sin. We do not fight the fight of sin. We fight the fight of faith. Do you understand? So rather than thinking of this and this and this, I shouldn't do this, shouldn't, we think we put the, the, the struggle, the human heart will naturally go to that. Who are you kidding? That shouldn't be a shock to us. It naturally does not want to go to God. So we gravitate towards God. Says, God, this is strong, but I know you're stronger. So please help me. And you focus, 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 focus. And it's not that this is so strong. It's that my inclination to the Lord Jesus is so weak. And you acknowledge that. And you say, Lord, help me with this. And you focus on the Lord Jesus. And when you focus on the Lord Jesus, amazing things happen. What you see is what you get. The more you see the Lord Jesus, you may not feel it that day. You may not feel it the day tomorrow. But one day you'll look back upon your experience and be like, wow, I have grown. Man, I'm so like Jesus. Wow. But then you look at Jesus like, whoa, I got a way to go too. Way to go. Do you understand? And we're all on this trajectory together. Number five, how does the Council of Laodicea solve the church's problems, the world's problems, the personal problems? I hope you've had good discussion on this. this is, these, are, uh, the, these are questions designed so that it gets you to think of all the, the multifactorial elements of your life and pulling it together and basing the, the founding the, the, the message of Laodicea within that. Uh, I got more Ellen White quotes, but I'm not going to read it because, because I don't want to. Number six. How is the gold tried in the fire impact this generation of young adults? It's very important. And this is what El, uh, Andrew read yesterday. I'm going to read this. This by my second to last one. First Testimonies, page 181. I asked the meaning of the shaking I had seen and was shown that it would be caused by the straight testimony called forth by the counsel of the true witness to the Laodiceans. This will have its effect upon the heart of the receiver and will lead him or her to exalt the standard and pour forth the straight truth. Some will not bear the straight testimony. They will rise up against it. This will cause a shaking amongst God's people. The testimony of the true witness has not been half-heeded. The solemn testimony upon which the destiny of the church hangs has been lightly esteemed, if not entirely disregarded. This testimony must work deep repentance, and all that truly receive it will obey it and be purified. Meaning this, we're not studying some uh, interesting uh, church in the book of uh, Revelation. This message plays a role in last day events dependent on your reception and your reaction to it. 
in youth ministry, the catch word is relevant. How many of you have heard that before? I mean, hear it around here. Oh, we got to be relevant. We got to be relevant. We got to be where the young people are. We got to be on apps. We got to be on. We got to be in community service. We got to go into football. We got to go into video games. We got to go. Okay, oh, that's that's all and good and and, and debatable. <laughs> and uh, the, the the true point is this: when there is a hurricane coming, your job as a guardian is to warn everyone that that hurricane is coming. And it doesn't matter if that young person is interested or not. Because that hurricane is the most relevant thing to that person's life. Does that make sense? Now their head may be buried in their cell phones. Their head may be buried in social media. And you're like, whoa, what does this have to do with my life? And oh, I'm just going to want to be an Instagram star. And like, There's a hurricane coming. And you got to do something. And by the way, we need every single person hands on deck to, to, to prepare for this hurricane come. And it ain't that scary. I'm not trying to use a scare tactic. It's we are living in the last days. Amen? And what do we do? What's our role in all of this? My concluding thing is this. All the health reform we have, all the dress reform, all the administrative reform, all the fiscal efficiency reform that we do, all the missional development, vision strategizing, community service, refugee ministry, uh, Muslim ministry, youth ministry, men's ministry, women's ministry, boys' ministry, girls' ministry, uh, ministry, without love, all of it is nothing. Not love with a lowercase l, but capital L that springs from the Lord Jesus. Amen? My last quote, and listen very carefully. As I meditated on, this is from uh, 2SM236. As I meditated on these things, I felt more and more deeply the sin of neglecting to keep the soul in the love of God. The Lord does nothing, the Lord does nothing, the Lord does nothing without our cooperation. When Christ prayed, Father, keep them in, my, in thy name, he did not mean that we should neglect to keep ourselves in the love and faith of God. Alive unto God, through a living union with Christ, we trust in the promises, constantly gaining greater strength by beholding Jesus. He, in whose heart Christ abides, is willing to be pleased. He thinks no evil and is content with the assurance that Jesus knows and values right every soul for whom he died. And God says, I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man, than the golden wedge of Ophir. He will make us into gold. God makes us into gold. The question is this. Number one, how many of you want this gold? How many of you want this real religion? Not faking it, not two-faced, but this real, genuine, sincere gold. You cannot produce it on your own. We can only offer to him our weakness and we, act, we give him our wills and our cooperation and he does the rest. How many of you want to say, Lord, I want to be part of that number. Grant me suffering under your auspices in a way that only you can do as the master of the universe. Amen? Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, translate my babbling into that which makes sense to every soul who hears my voice. 
Father, we have been given so much insight from the spirit of prophecy. We have been given a very uh, straight rebuke from the message of Laodicea. Our desire, after study, after reading, after small group interaction, after uh, solo reflection, is that we so need this gold. Create ex nihilo in us faith and ex nihilo love. We ask for Jesus' character to be reproduced perfectly in us, holy by thy strength. We pray in Jesus' name and let all GYC say, Amen. God bless you. This message was recorded at the GYC conference, Nothing, in Houston, Texas. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to challenge and inspire young people to take sacrificial initiative for Christ and to see Jesus finish the work in this generation. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org.